Eddie saw, and was again fascinated by the house. The roof made a tall, turreted line against the darkening sky. It was an aloof and aristocratic old house, settled in amid dusty cedars and deodars, surrounded by almost a square block of lawns and shrubs. A mansion, Eddie thought, and the idea of fooling around it and the old woman who owned it made prickles of icy bumps crawl on his arms. Suddenly, a couple of lights went on inside, one upstairs and one down. Doggone, Skip muttered. You see that? Both at once? Somebody's there with her. I'll find out from Karen tonight who it is. Maybe a maid. Eddie needed to do something with his hands, so he took cigarettes and a pack of matches from his jacket pocket and lit a smoke. Skip shook his head. She doesn't keep a servant. Too cheap. She makes the chick help her, and together they do it all. A hell of a job from what Karen tells me. A regular moparoo. A place that big. Must be a hundred rooms. Nah, all she has is a gardener. He comes by the day, three times a week. Old guy, deaf as a post. Lives miles from here. Well, then, this relative of hers. Skip's teeth gleamed as he smiled. He was small and wiry a reddish blonde with pale stony eyes, and when he smiled, he looked like a fox. Yeah, it must be him, the guy from Las Vegas. They were past the house now. Looking back at it through the masking branches of trees, Eddie caught a cold, faint twinkle of light like a star's, and this somehow seemed a warning, making the place more dangerous, more impregnable than ever. He choked over words he couldn't get out. The car picked up speed as the street leveled out. Beyond the Haverman place, the street skirted vacant hilly acres rising to foothills, then descended again to another through boulevard, this one crossed town from Los Angeles, the route they'd taken to get here. Neon signs and street lamps were beginning to flare against the dusk. Well, what do you say? Skip asked. Want a hamburger and coffee before we go on? Sure, Eddie said, trying to sound easy. His hands were cold and his fingers kept wanting to twitch. He felt a repeated need to swallow. He hoped that Skip didn't notice his nervousness, and at the same time, he envied Skip's cool manner. This was something to keep you bug-eyed. They parked near a diner and went in. It was fairly full, but they found a couple of stools near the end. When the waitress had come, taken the order and gone again, Skip began to toy with a pencil on a paper napkin. He muttered to Eddie, I'll bet it's at least fifty grand. He wrote it out on the napkin, fifty thousand dollars, and Eddie broke into a sweat. They were right in the open, under lights, next to other people. He grabbed the napkin and shoved it in his pocket, and Skip laughed. What's the matter, Eddie? Well, that just wasn't smart. Who says? I do. But Eddie didn't back it up with a glance at Skip. He fiddled with the coin receiver for the jukebox, reading the array of record titles, finally dropping in a dime for a tune. You got a complaint? You want to run this show? It's still your show, Eddie said stiffly. Skip stared for another moment and then his mood underwent one of its quick, causeless changes. He stuffed the pencil into his coat pocket and slumped on the stool, bracing his head with his hand. 
Oh, what the hell? He began to watch an old man working behind the counter, cleaning off the dirty dishes into a big tin tray. The man was about 60, going to fat, had watery eyes and almost no hair, wore a white t-shirt and a white duck apron. His big arms were pocked with scars and a network of broken veins. See him? You know what? In a few years, that's you and me, Eddie, old boy. Restaurant swampers. Or dishwashers. If we're lucky. If we aren't lucky, we'll be hobos. Freezing in rags in a culvert. Eddie felt cornered. Oh, don't start singing the blues, for Christ's sakes. But Skip slumped lower, his eyes dull. Figure it out. I'm 22. You're almost as old. Who are we trying to fool going to night school? Me taking typing and bookkeeping and-